Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valine, joined alongside Logan Plant. How you doing, Logan? Good, how are you, Kev? Doing alright. We got Zach Ross here as well. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. So, before we get into a bunch of other news, we've got the Microsoft 20th anniversary presentation that also included news on Halo Infinite, a bunch of other stuff that we are going to get to. We first got to talk about Activision. They're back in the news again. And from the Wall Street Journal, a story that broke earlier in the week, we've learned that Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision, was aware of a lot of these allegations and was either complicit or defended the people that were perpetrating a lot of the harassment that was going on in the company for years. And from the news where it's at now, um, as we're recording this, it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen at this point. There's been a walkout, but the company seems to stand by Bobby Kotick. And it is incredibly frustrating and enraging, honestly, that this keeps happening, that more of these stories break, and nothing seems to happen. We had Ubisoft, we had the whole thing with Ubisoft earlier, we had Activision back uh, several months ago, and now they're back in the news again, and it's like, every time one of these stories comes out, nothing nothing seems to change. The company will come out and be like, yes, we want to be an inclusive company, and we're trying all of these things, but it's not backed up by anything. No... There's no accountability, and I think that was put on full display here when you see the CEO having knowledge of all of this stuff and doesn't seem to need to face any consequences. It's really gross, and and he needs to be held accountable. Many more people need to be held accountable beyond him, but yeah, we have we have to bring it up. It's not something that you can avoid. You got you have to talk about it. You don't want to just sweep this stuff under the rug. Yeah, and from you guys on this. there's there's even more to it. You have the, the Blizzard co-lead, Jennifer O'Neill, and it was supposed to be this big deal that they hired a woman to put in this role at the top of Blizzard, but now reports are coming out that she was still paid less than her counterpart, Mike Ybarra, who was in the same just, position as her. And then a bunch of empty promises. Yeah, you have this walkout that's happening and will apparently continue to happen until Kodak is removed. And then I think another interesting part from this that maybe is what could end up leading to change is these these console and publishers got to stop working with this company until something changes. You have PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan coming out and saying that he was disheartened and frankly stunned to read that Activision has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. So now that PlayStation, the, the big boys are starting to speak out on this, Maybe more will. Maybe Xbox is next. I don't know. I, I think we need to see more companies just publicly shame what is happening in Activision right now because everyone's got to talk about it. Because, yeah, it's been all year that, that places have been reporting on this. Shout out to the Wall Street Journal for that bombshell report that got everything started back up again this week. Some really good reporting there. But, yeah, it's just it's awful to see. There's not much more you can say than that. And that something's got to change eventually, I hope. Yeah, you would hope that something leads to change, whether it's all these walkouts, whether it's other companies uh, who who try to distance themselves from Activision. Got to keep the pressure up is basically it. You know, if 
if you don't, then they can just try and move on like like nothing happens. Say you're going to change and, and nothing actually does. I think the pressure needs to stay on both from within the company and from other companies outside for anything to happen. It's frustrating that it has to be that way, that <laughs> that they are, are so stuck in their ways that it would take all of that for them to change it all. But if, 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 if you can do something to get it to change, you got to try and do it and hopefully... Some of these companies and, and the people within can can somehow try and salvage something before it's completely lost because they have lost near all credibility whatsoever. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that may, we should make an effort to only talk about Activision on this show in the context of of what's happening here, not about their games or their products that they're trying to make money off of. Because I, I feel like we rarely ever talk about. Yeah, we don't care about. We don't care about. We never do. Yeah. But yeah, or at least you can't talk about Activision without mentioning. And I can say on the IGN side of things, whenever we write an article about one of Activision or Blizzard's games, we put this this thing at the top of the article that basically sets context, saying this stuff's going on at Activision. And click here to read more about all of the the allegations and everything happening before we actually get into talking about it. So just so it's on everyone's frame of mind before you get into the news about the products that they're trying to make money off of. Yeah, we'll have to definitely do that in the future. Yeah, try and keep on bringing awareness to it whenever, whenever we can. All right, do we want to get into some of the other stuff going on? Mainly... Halo. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we had Microsoft's 20th anniversary presentation earlier, and wasn't a whole lot in the new games front. We were kind of expecting that. But uh, before we get into Halo, they also announced a bunch more backwards compatible titles from the original Xbox and Xbox 360. Uh, also, as part of that, they mentioned that this is the last batch of games that are going to be coming uh, to backwards compatibility for xbox series and xbox one consoles but nice to see some more games get added on there over 70 fps boost as well not just like oh yeah you can play these but you can play these in higher fps mode and the best way to play these games apparently you can play sonic unleash now and it (laughs) and it works and it doesn't lag and freak out which is great. You, you still have to do the night levels, though. <laughs> that is the problem. They didn't. They didn't just remove those yeah. for a version of the game. But yeah, it's it's great to see more games come over, and that it's not just a simple port or anything. For a lot of these games, they are putting in some work to to make them run best on uh, on the Xbox Series and Xbox One. I bought so. Sonic Generations because of the frame rate boost, and that game that still it. looks so good. Like. You could tell me it came out this year, and I believe you. With with that frame rate boost, it looks and runs amazing, and I'm probably just going to play through it again. It's only like a three- or four-hour game, but yeah, I'm, I might do Unleashed also and play the day levels that I can before you run into the night. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, super awesome. Uh, Sonic Generations, recommend it. It's only, I think, 15 bucks, and it, it, it looks amazing. Yeah, so that was the other big piece of news besides the fact that Halo Infinite multiplayer, the beta, is out. Is out now, and people are playing it. Logan's been playing it. What are your thoughts so far on Halo Infinite's multiplayer after a few days? Well, first of all, this is something I've been wanting to bring up that I have seen no one talking about anywhere that's just really bizarre to me, and it's it just comes down to how important messaging is with games. It's like Halo Infinite's coming out December 8th, 
but we're releasing the multiplayer three weeks early. Can you imagine how enraged people would have been if they said the multiplayer comes out on November 17th, but we're launching the campaign three weeks later? People would have lost their minds, but instead it's like, oh, thank you so much, Microsoft, for giving us this early gift. If if Battlefield was like, oh, and uh, the, the campaign, sorry, it's not coming until a month after launch, people would lose their minds. But just because they set the expectation of December 8th and then said, just kidding, multiplayer's out now, it was like the coolest thing in the world for everyone. And I just thought that was really funny that that no one thought, like, they just released, like, unfinished Halo. They released, the campaign icon is there. You can click on it, and it's like, Master Chief's Journey coming December 8th. And it's just <laughs> so bizarre to me. I mean, Genius. maybe with Halo, they're just used to it because we're not even getting everything when the story <laughs> launches. When I mean, the campaign yeah. launches, I mean, Forge isn't there. The it's split into three separate releases. It's multiplayer, <laughs> campaign, and then multiplayer, campaign. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just... We blasted the game on this show for not shipping with campaign co-op. And now they're like, the game's here, but the campaign's not. And we're just celebrating the early release to hit the anniversary, the anniversary of Xbox and of Halo, since it was a launch title for the original Xbox. And everyone's just like, what a great move. Best surprise of the year. And it's cool. I mean, I'm happy to be playing the multiplayer already. It, it was just a funny thought that I had that just flipping the messaging around, you can go from being a huge villain that's ruining everything to, to this savior giving, giving all the fans something early. And yeah. But, yeah. I guess it's, it's, it's probably because we knew the later date first. If they yeah. gave you both dates at the same time, that'd be pretty gross. But if you're, if you're led to assume that everything is launching on one date and then part of it launches early, then it does feel like it's early and not that the rest of it is late. But yeah, mm -hmm. you can you can look at it the other way. Yeah. I mean it's been it was supposed to come out a year ago already. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But anyways, the multiplayer is really, really good. It it feels like Halo is back. It feels like I mean this year has just felt like Xbox is back. This fall specifically with, with Forza and, and now this. It's I find myself playing my Xbox pretty much exclusively right now, except for Fall Guys, which Zach and I have been picking up because the new season's coming soon. Oh, but, we got news on that. Yeah, season six is coming. We don't know when yet, but we'll know next week when it's coming out. But anyways, okay. so I've, I've just been playing Xbox and Forza, Sonic, with the backwards compatibility patch, and, and Halo. And yeah, this is the most fun I've had with Halo multiplayer since Reach, which was my first Halo game. Like, I think it feels really good. The modes are really fun. It looks great. Um, the, the modes are split up into two playlists right now. There's Quick Play, which is four-on-four -four matches. That includes Slayer, which is your team deathmatch. Capture the Flag, which is what it sounds like. And Oddball, which is like keep away. You have to hold onto the ball for 100 seconds before the other team can. And then there's the Big Team Battle playlist, which has... Bigger versions of Slayer and Capture the Flag, and it has total domination where there's these like three hot zones on the map that you have to take control of uh, and to score a point. And they're both really cool. There's different maps for each mode. The four-on-four -four maps are really tight, and, and they provide action really fast. And the big team battle maps, the 12-on-12, have vehicles everywhere, so you can hop into like a warthog with your team, drive off to an objective, and get it done. There's also all these little choke points for smaller battles to break out throughout the 12-on-12 12 12 map, which is really good. 
So yeah, the maps are great. The guns feel amazing. Time to kill is really good. It's it's really long, which is cool for Halo because you feel like you're in these these battles with the people you're fighting. It's not like Call of Duty where you're just down instantly, which is always how it felt whenever I played those games. So yeah, it's it's really fantastic. I only have a couple of critiques, which is that the maps, while I like their design, the layouts are or the um, the layout I like and the design of the actual map itself, but the aesthetics I don't like. They all look very similar. They all look like just this kind of city area. Um, there, there's a few things that differentiate them, but it's it's hard for me to kind of remember the maps in my head when they all look visually very similar. So I would hope for future maps that they add some more like biomes. Like there's not like a snowy map or like a really summery map um, or anything like that yet. They all look kind of the same. A lot of them are at night. So it's hard to differentiate the maps. And then my only other main critique is that they need to split up the playlist right now because I've just been wanting to play like Slayer, which is Team Deathmatch, and you can't do that. You have to pick Quick Play, and you'll just get Slayer like once every like four times. Then you'll do like Capture the Flag or Oddball, which I don't like as much as just the the straight up Team Deathmatch. So I know it just launched. It's technically, they're still calling it a beta, but those are my main critiques of it so far. Okay. Zach, you're not playing it? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not particularly interested in playing the multiplayer. I'm only in it for the co-op campaigns. I've never played Halo multiplayer, especially since I just recently decided to go through the series uh, for the first time. So, only the only thing that draws me in is the videos I see on Twitter of people going crazy with the gravity hammer, um, which was my favorite weapon in Halo. <laughs> I didn't know it would be in multiplayer. But yeah, some some pretty crazy kill combos I've seen with that thing are pretty cool. And the yeah, that's the thing I love about Halo multiplayer compared to other like arena shooters is that anyone can get a gravity hammer because it's just a spawn point where it shows up and it shows up there every time. And no matter if you put a hundred hours into the game or one hour into the game, everybody starts every match with two grenades, the assault rifle, and the pistol. It's not like these other shooters where you play forever and you get the super good loadout and you just wreck house right away. Everyone's on an even playing field right away which is as someone who is not going to spend a ton of time in this multiplayer, it's really enticing to come back when I know, okay, there's going to be people who know these maps better than me and are just better at the game than me, but at least I have a fighting chance. Unlike these other games where if you step away and come back, it's over. You have no chance at competing. So that's something I really like is I've gotten a gravity hammer and just gone to town with it, and it's, it's super fun to just find these weapons around the map and, and use them to your advantage. Yeah, how does how does it feel to play after? I mean, it is a little bit different multiplayer to, to campaign, but just the basics of how it feels to play after playing through a lot of the Halo games pretty recently. And I some of the newer ones as well. I think it's three four three's best feeling Halo. I think it it feels the most like classic Halo. They're still introducing a couple of their own things, like the grappling hook is here, but you have to find it, so you don't automatically start with it. Um, there is. There's not scoping, but you can zoom in with every weapon and fire when you're zoomed in, which is a little different than classic Halo. But for the most part, it, it feels really, really good. Melee feels as good as ever. Um, the, yeah, it, it feels great. It feels like Halo. So I'm pretty impressed with it. And how much fun the multiplayer is has me more excited for the campaign next month. Yeah, I've always thought that the 343 games have always felt really good, whether the story has always been the weak but in my mind but they've always felt and played really good so that's not something i was worried about for for halo infinite it's good to see that i was right 
Yeah, the the yeah, biggest critique right now. Be seen. <laughs> yeah. The biggest critique we should talk about is the battle pass. So this Halo is like Fortnite now in that it's totally free to play yeah, and awesome. its unlockables are only cosmetics. So it, and if you want the all of the cosmetics for the season, you have to pay 10 bucks for the premium battle pass. You can level up when you don't pay for it, but you just get like half the rewards. If you pay for it, you get all the exclusive stuff. And season one is called Heroes of Reach. So it's all the costumes for all of Team Noble from Halo Reach that you can like a meal and whatever the rest of their names are. You can dress up as them. And then there's a bunch of other cosmetics too. But what people don't like is that leveling up is so ridiculously slow. I checked and on the battle pass, you can go up to like level 90 for season one. And season one is going to run until May of next year. So this season's going to be like okay. six months long. Yeah, and I've played long. for like four hours already. I've been playing a lot. And I'm level three. <laughs> it's like the leveling up okay. is so slow. Because right now it's divided into you only level up by completing specific missions. It's like kill five people with the grenade launcher. That gets you 200 points. That's like it. You have like these five weekly get, missions. You don't get any rewards from just finishing like placement in. Yeah. You get no bonus for winning or losing. If you win, if you complete, there's like a daily challenge that's like play three matches. Once you play three matches, you get 100 XP. And that's it. If you win, if you're the top scorer, it does not matter. So 343 already responded to, to all the negative reaction and said they're patching it later this week to give you points for winning and okay. points for every match you complete. So they're already right. tweaking it, which is good. This is a beta. Okay. Yeah. yeah, It's season it one. So it's it's right. not a big issue for me. It's also a first-person game, so who really cares what you look like? Like, it, it really doesn't matter that much. Um, I know some people care, but personally, I don't. So it's not a big knock against the game, especially since it is a beta. It's Halo's first time under this kind of ecosystem. Um, and they're already fixing it. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the the future of this I think the more modes they add, the more maps they add, and the and the tweaks they make, I think this is going to be really strong. Yeah, it's weird to think Halo Halo multiplayer free to play now, but it is. Yeah. And then for a lot of people, Halo campaign is going to be nearly free to play. Yeah, with Game <laughs> on Pass. On Game Pass. Yeah. It's just completely different than uh, than the ecosystem that the last Halo released in. And good time to have an Xbox. And I've kind of gone under a reversal. I remember we felt weird that this was going to be the Halo game for the next 10 years. But now seeing well, how they set it up. seen if it's going to yeah. be 10 years. We'll but see. A season, six months. Yeah, that's... Yeah, but now I'm like, I wish other games would do this. Like, I wish that Mario Kart just gave me new tracks every four months. I wish that there were my other favorite series, multiplayer series that I like to play did this. I think it's a really smart move for Halo. It already had like over 220,000 people playing only on steam not even counting xbox like it had a huge launch i had no disconnects ever it was really smooth which is surprising for like a day one launch so yeah i'm, I'm super impressed with it so far yeah and still technically in beta so yeah we'll have to see where it is when the game launches officially uh, with the yeah. campaign in a couple of weeks yeah i hope the campaign's good I'm sure yeah, it won't I, be. I wonder. <laughs> you say I'm sure it won't be? One is 343, three, and two, <laughs> they've moved to open world, which is like, all right. 
Yeah, like Sonic Frontiers. We we'll see. <laughs> did you guys watch the uh, the Xbox presentation at all? Or no, I did not. I didn't have time. The Rock was in it. Oh, nice. He's everywhere. He's everything. Interesting. Yeah. He wants Since to he be there the next James Bond. <laughs> Wait, he was where twenty years ago? He was showcasing the the original Xbox. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. This whole thing with Bill Gates, and it looks really weird because he's just like on stage next to Bill Gates, and he's got these really weird sunglasses on. Yeah, it's a whole joke. That's yeah, the rest that of the sounds show like two thousand one. The attitude <laughs> yeah, well, era for WWF. <laughs> it was. Yeah, show was all right, but it was nice to see a couple of things get announced with the backwards compatibility and and Halo stuff. Halo leaked like five days before. It could have been such a cool moment, but everyone knew going in. <laughs> Man, I am so yeah. good at avoiding these leaks. I didn't see anything on that. Logan <laughs> leaked it to me the day of. Oh. I was like, it's probably <laughs> coming out today. Oh, yeah. you gotta stop. <laughs> you can't you can't spoil the rest of us if we haven't been spoiled already. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yep, it's out. And it's good. Alright. Wanna get into some of the other news we got this week? Yeah, Saints Row delayed from february 25th to august 23rd february 25th oh, if that sounds familiar it's because that's the day that elden ring got pushed to from january so whatever they say about uh wanting more time to polish yeah whatever covid impacting it's probably true but it's also probably not a bad decision to get out of that stacked january february and march kev yeah i mean with how long the delay is if they were just trying to avoid uh these big releases and, and be like, oh, we just got to polish a couple things. They probably would have delayed it like a month. But the fact that this is a half-year delay all the way to August makes it seem like there is a lot more stuff that uh, that they need to polish and work on before the game comes out. And it's been so long since the last Saints Row and the fact that their last, the last game the Volition did, uh, what, Agents of Mayhem, when that game came out was in was a broken mess from what i heard the game did not run well alongside of a litany of other issues with the game itself but performance wise on launch it was not good hopefully they've learned from that mistake and realized here that the game's just not ready and we were getting close to launch and there was you know still a lot to see besides the game informer uh pieces that were coming out that was basically it on uh on the game front the game came out was going to come out in a couple of months so you know, it makes sense that they delay it. Sucks to see I wanted to play it, but I can wait a little bit longer uh, if that means that the game's more polished and hopefully runs a lot better when it does come out in August. Yeah, I felt like we didn't know quite enough about it yet for a game that was supposedly like three months away. <laughs> we, really, yeah. we hadn't seen it that much. Yeah, there was. Yeah, really was just the Game Informer pieces that they were doing, and even that was kind of just a couple of, of gameplay clips here and there, and and just a couple of things on on some of the mini games that were in there and, and showcasing the gangs. But yeah, we didn't get a, a super in-depth look at it. And I guess now we know why. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully it'll be good in August. Zach, any thoughts on this? I played a Saints Row. wasn't planning on playing this one. All right. Well, we'll move okay, on. Now that the delay is here, Zach is picking it up. Yep, in August. August. It's a slow month, so I might as well get it. <laughs> Which is one of the latest release dates we know. I think the latest the release moment, date yeah. we know right now is Starfield, which is coming out on 11-11-22. Oh, God. Yeah. 
And Bethesda, we know they don't care if the game comes out buggy, so it's gonna it's gonna hit that release date. Don't you worry. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well speaking of Bethesda, Phil Spencer basically confirming that Elder Scrolls Six will be an Xbox and PC exclusive. He said a lot on this and He's been doing a lot of interviews this week because it was a huge week for Xbox. But, yeah, saying that uh, it's not about punishing any platform like PlayStation. Uh, He says, I fundamentally believe all platforms can continue to grow. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls VI. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises. So, yeah, not an outright confirmation. But with Starfield being exclusive, I think we all thought it was only a matter of time. It really seems like Deathloop is the last we'll see of Bethesda on PlayStation for a while. Oh, and that, um, gosh, what's the other game called? Ghostwire? Ghostwire oh, Tokyo. Oh, that's Bethesda, that's yeah. Banner, right? mm-hmm. That's yeah. Bethesda? Yeah, it's published by I... them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have a hand in it somehow. An in-house studio. I mean, I guess this shows how far they're willing to go. That was always going to be the question. Like, you know, with Starfield, it was oh, it's a new IP, so it makes sense that it'd be Xbox exclusive. But we're always wondering with Elder Scrolls, since it has a history, somewhat of a history, at least with Skyrim on PlayStation, if that would factor into the decision to bring it over to other platforms. I guess it doesn't. I guess they'll... I think if if that's what he means, that any game could be Xbox exclusive, and probably most of them will be, if Elder Scrolls would be. Yeah, Xbox is gearing up, man. It's it's going to be a big gen for them. This week is just like, with their celebration, with Forza being like the most successful Xbox game studio launch ever, and with Halo just shattering online play numbers, like, man, I feel like this week was kind of the birth of the new Xbox, the new era for Xbox. Like, we we just dunked on them throughout the entire Xbox One generation. Non-stop. Deservedly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's like... <laughs> Now I look at it and I'm like, man, it's kind of turning into the place to be. Like, we'll see how many of these exclusive games we end up caring about. But just generally, like they have they have so much coming down the pipe. Like Outer Worlds 2, isn't that also going to be yeah. Xbox exclusive? Which did really well. Obsidian. Yeah, there's just so many games. And as for Elder Scrolls, yeah, you don't spend $4.5 billion to not make the biggest game you get exactly. from that deal exclusive. <laughs> like, you, you gotta. I don't think they really had a choice. Did you see the uh, the news that the sales split between Series X and S was near 50%? Really? Yeah. Like, so it was PlayStation 5 digital and physical and disc version. Disc is 80 to oh, digital is wow. 20. That's not But surprising. Xbox is near 50-50. Interesting. That's crazy. The S is so available. Yeah. And it's it is a, it's to me much more attractive than the PS5 digital. Yes. Because it's like if you're looking at a difference of a hundred bucks and you got a stack of PS4 games and maybe DVDs, it's like why wouldn't you just shell out the extra hundred? But two hundred is a big difference, especially when Series S's are really easy to find. But yeah, that's and with Game Pass on it as well. Yep. Which means that the digital thing isn't as big of a deal if you've got all of these games on a digital library, anyways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just thought that was interesting. Yeah, man, fifty-fifty. That's still that's still a little surprising because Series X's sell out instantly, and Series S's are like always available. <laughs> so I don't really know what that means. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's a decent amount of people who are just waiting for the 
for the Series X that want the most powerful console. Yeah. And are, are going to wait for it as long as it takes to get it. And then there's another group of people that would just get They'll... a Series S. If, yeah. if they're waiting for an X and at a certain point they're just like, eh, I'll just go with the S and stop wasting my time trying to buy one of these things. Yeah. Any luck on the PS5 lotteries, Kevin? Nope. Still, still nothing. And it's only going to get harder in the holiday season. It's just going to keep getting oh worse. God. Yep. And, and, and all just for Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West. Sorry. Yeah. Horizon Forbidden West is the only thing that really matters at this point. Yeah. The PS5 in the near future for me. Yeah. Would you would you want to play Ratchet and Clank ever? Yeah, at some point. That's, a, that's one of those that I'd probably pick it up if it's on sale eventually. The games of your nominee? For Black Friday. Yeah. Heard it was good. Yeah. But I don't have enough ties to Ratchet and Clank to really get super gung-ho about it. Yeah. We are going to be talking about the Game Awards nominations, so let's let's rip through the rest of this news. We got Yakuza news. Ryugago Toka Studio is working on a brand new title alongside Yakuza 8 that's separate from the Yakuza and the Judgment series. They also said, we will continue to cherish the Judgment series. No clue what that means. Absolutely <laughs> no idea. We've been talking about this a lot, that uh, the agency for the actor that plays Talk doesn't want the games on PC. And Sega's all about those PC games these days, so that could lead to the end of the Judgment series, or at least his role as the lead in that series. But yeah, the big news is a completely new game. They did work on Fist of the North Star, so it could be another one-off like that, or maybe the start of a new series. Kev, what do you think? I, th I feel like with the state that Judgment's in, that it would be leaning more towards a new series. It would make sense that if they feel like there's there's no future where they could get these games on PC, and that seems to be the way they want to go, is they want to get all of these games on PC along with all the other platforms, then it would make sense where they're like, all right, we got Lost Judgment out, we've got this DLC coming, but why don't we just move on to another series that doesn't have that weight on it and just start fresh and be able to bring it to all the platforms that we want to bring the games to. Yeah, But it could be a one-off. That That is entirely possible. I hope it's a uh, collaboration with Nintendo and it is an F-Zero cross Yakuza game where Captain <laughs> Falcon gets out of the car, takes to the streets, and Falcon punches some thugs. Because I want Ooh, that more sense. than anything that in the world. Work. <laughs> yeah. That's just Japanese GTA, man. It's a shame, though, because what's his name? Nagoshi? Was that uh, the... Uh, Nagoshi, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he left and he was the... He directed F-Zero GX and he's gone. <laughs> And it's devastating because now that dream seems a lot less feasible and it was already a moonshot. So, yeah. Disappointing. It was yeah. never going to happen. But. but still exciting that they're working on something new because the last time they worked on something new, it was one of their best games. Yeah. In Judgment. So it, it, I'm excited to see what they can do, uh, especially with a game that's not tied to anything else, you know, with, with Yakuza games or, or with Judgment. Obviously, they have to go off of what they made previously to an extent, but it's always exciting when they have a blank slate and want to come up with something new. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to see this studio's output the next few years with a total change in leadership because sometimes that can lead to some really fresh things. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. It's the GTA, in, but set in Japan. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yep. <laughs> it's how it sells all every time. <laughs> 
Speaking of GTA, that's a mess right now. The uh, the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, is looks like a disaster. People hate these remasters. It has one of the lowest user scores ever on Metacritic. It's like 0.5, like 0.5 on Metacritic. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, which I mean, people just go and, and give a zero to anything they hate. But it's reviewing extremely poorly critically as well. And that's the worst part on all this is that they removed the original versions. So these are the versions of these games now, and people do not like them. And they're going after mods, too. I mean, for like those older games and, and taking that down, it sounds yeah. like they're going after, <laughs> going after all these mods that could possibly help this game out. And then after the game came out, it's only available on PC through the Rockstar Launcher, which was down for like over a day after the games came out. A while. So it's, yeah, it's just been terrible. And just don't pre-order games, man, because they didn't show any gameplay for this thing. Absolutely nothing. And then it came there out. There was a reason why, now we know. Yeah, $60. And it's, it's they're terrible. Apparently they're just terrible. It's quite frankly baffling that they have bungled so many of the ports for these games. Like, the mobile ports were garbage, and then they've been basing a lot of the re-releases off the mobile ports. It yeah. sounds like that's kind of the case here. For a company that has made buckets of money by just releasing a new car skin and some new maps on GTA Online yeah. that they couldn't put in the effort to not only do a better job of just bringing, the, like, you know, keeping the original design intact, but bringing it up to modern consoles, they had the ability to completely remake these games and actually give people the definitive version of these games to make them feel like they're playing a modern game that that was originally out 20 years ago. Yeah. But it's just crazy that they went with the cheapest possible option from a company that has been rolling in money for the last decade from a single game. And then they had to delay the GTA Five next-gen port. Like, they couldn't even do that right. That's been a mess, too. Yeah, it, it's yeah. nasty. And, and and beyond, like, we look at... Cyberpunk was kind of in, in a similar boat. Um, but you look beyond the bugs and the glitches, and it's just not well put together. Beyond that, like, even if the game ran perfectly smoothly and didn't have a lot of these, like, bugs and glitches, it's just not good. Like... It looks bad. The rain effect is terrible. Like certain features are in newer, like San Andreas, but not in the first two. Like yeah. some of the design choices are absolutely bizarre, and I it's it's so hard to wrap my head around it from such a big company that has so many assets at hand to be able to make the best version of these games. That they just can't. I've been saying that these games are so ugly when they first came out that an up-res just wasn't going to do it. I <laughs> this, I hate the way it looks, and yeah, it is a buggy piece of crap, so I'm th I think it deserves a lot of the hate that it's getting because it was so obviously so low effort <laughs> that was put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it is disappointing to know that no matter how many bug fixes that they do for this, the, the, the fact of the matter is the game itself just isn't good. So even yeah. if they make it run super well and remove a lot of these glitches the game will still be meh at best really yeah yeah gta oh and the, also the trilogy the 
I've heard his. Oh, I've heard it's the worst. Yeah, unplayable. <laughs> yeah, that, so. it's the definitive edition of the GTA trilogy. Yeah, yikes! Uh-huh, very definitive. That's why you remove the other ones. Then I mentioned it earlier in the show. Game Awards 2021 nominations are out. Voting is open now. Remember, the nominees come from a group of websites and outlets. It's like 90 different outlets that all submit their picks to the Game Awards, and that's what decides these nominees. Then the final winners are also decided by these outlets with a small influence that comes from the fan voting. So, Kevin, we've made some predictions. That we have the O2 this week. Going through our predictions, our list of what we think is going to win each of the main categories besides esports because we are so out of touch. None of us have any ties or understanding of any of that. But to be perfectly honest, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I was going through these the list and the predictions, and I'm like, man, I didn't play any of these games. Um, <laughs> so like some of the categories, uh, just having some issues trying to come up with uh, what game uh, I was going to pick because I didn't play any of them, and certain things like. Sound direction. I'm just like I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a best yeah. guess situation right there. <laughs> Do we want to go down this list, but save our prediction of game of the year for last? Sure. Yeah. We'll start at the the second top, which would be best game direction. Our nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts Two, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Logan, your prediction for best game direction? I said Deathloop. I think that uh. We're going to smash it a lot on this show, but it takes two sucks. We do not like it, and I can't believe how much it's nominated for. And no shade to Hazelight, the studio, because we all love A Way Out. It's like one of my favorite games ever. And to see It Takes Two getting all this recognition while A Way Out like totally flew under the radar and got no recognition, it, it's a little disheartening to me because I we abandoned It Takes Two. We didn't even finish it. So no, yeah, not. yeah, but I, I went with Deathloop. You got a uh, you got Ratchet and Clank and Psychonauts, two two platformers kind of, uh, and then you got the two time loop games, Deathloop Eternal and Deathloop seemed to stick in in critics' minds more. So that was my pick. Zach, uh, I I said Deathloop. Um, this it's got a great. I don't really know game direction very well. I'm not entirely sure. But what it stands out and I think some direction. a lot of people are in a similar boat with that. <laughs> I know there's a lot of buzzwords here like art direction, game direction, sound design. I'm not a ga- I don't make games. <laughs> I I don't know, but uh, Deathloop, I'm sure is going to sweep a lot of awards and deservedly so. Um, and it's the one that I want to win a lot of awards. So for a lot of these categories, I just threw in Deathloop. I think it probably has a great game direction. Um, if I had, if I was hard pressed to choose a second place, I'd probably give it to Ratchet and Clank with the uh, the rift aspect. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, gimmick, game direction gimmick. I don't know. Um, yeah, but time loops I love, so maybe Returnal too. But yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Deathloop. Yeah, I went with Deathloop as well. I think Ratchet and Clank would also be uh, my second pick for that. Next up, <laughs> best narrative. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> We've got Deathloop. Life is Strange True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2, and It Takes Two. Oh, of no! All, of all the categories that it's up for, which some of them we'll get to later, best multiplayer, you know, it fits. Like, I get it. How is there not 
another game that had a better narrative than It Takes Two, which is arguably the worst part about that game. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. They just say each other's names all the time and you fight about everything. And it turned me off. To, I didn't even see see it through. <laughs> yeah. Also, a uh, mentally scarring moment in the story later on. Yes. Uh, Very. Warning for anyone The part where we it. all dropped off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which will, which will come played. up later in another category as to uh, why is this in here. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, Zach, your pick for uh, for best narrative. Best narrative, I went with Life is Strange True Colors for main reason that it's the only one I've pleaded um, to the end. It takes two in Deathloop I've played a little bit of, um, but fully I've played Life is Strange and I really enjoy the narrative. Um those games are based around narrative. They're choice-based games. I thought this one had a very strong narrative for the series. I enjoyed it a lot. It was simplistic, but still heart-wrenching. I love the characters, um, and I want to see it win something. So I think I think I'll give it to Life is Strange. Logan? I, I think that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is going to win. That game seemed to have surprised a lot of people. It's extremely recent, so it's top of mind. And people said one of the best things about that game was its story, which I was certainly not expecting when it was announced and we saw four hours of it at E3. But people seem to really like the story. Uh, d- people hate Deathloop. Deathloop's story. They say it's like the worst yeah, part. Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it takes two. I can't, I can't award anything to that. Uh, <laughs> and then I just think more people played Marvel. So I, I'm going with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think I, I go with Life is Strange True Colors because it is, I mean, the game is entirely its story. It sounds like it was pretty good. But yeah, I, I've heard that Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, is pretty solid. People like it a lot. I'm interested in playing that. Like, it's a, it's a, a lot better than I think that I, we thought it was going to be. I think it's got good sales for Black Friday if you're interested oh, cool. in picking it up. It was like 30 bucks or something. Oh my gosh. It was Already. fast. <laughs> Came out last month. <laughs> Came out last <laughs> month. Yikes. All right, moving on from that, we've got best performance. I hope I can pronounce all of these oh, names my. right. We've got Erica Mori as Alex Chen, Life is Strange True Colors. We've got Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. We've got Maggie Robertson as, oh, the tall lady. Lady Demetrescu. Demetrescu, thank you, <laughs> from Resident Evil Village. And we've got... Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake from Deathloop. I apologize if any of those names got that sounded almost all. entirely right to me. Anyways, Logan, your pick for uh, for best performance? I gave it to uh, the the tall lady from Resident Evil. Uh, she just dominated the internet for like five months. It felt like, and I think that that popularity will carry through to the win. Exactly. Or Colt. Uh, that was my other pick was cold we'll see this was probably the hardest category category for me because i think they all did an incredible job um definitely (laughs) didn't play two of the games they all did great (laughs) i was assuming oh (laughs) some of these i've seen plenty of clips of giancarlo esposito as anton trust me i've seen like a thousand far cry trailers that's (laughs) fair and he, so, he is uh, the he's head only of the... in the trailers. He's not in the game very often. <laughs> so we saw pretty much most of his performance. <laughs> then Lady Dimitrescu, like you said, was all over Twitter. So I've also seen plenty of her voice acting. Um, but I think I'm going to give it to Jason Kelly. I think he did a, a great job as Colt. Um, 
based on what I've played and what I've seen, um, he really sells the character because there's a lot of dialogue in those games, a surprising amount of dialogue. He never stops talking to himself, and I think he really portrays the character in a, in a really cool way. I think we need to set some context real quick. Zach was over at my apartment, and he played like two hours of Deathloop. So Zach so has played like, Deathloop. I feel like I played like three or four hours yeah. of Deathloop. <laughs> he also accidentally logged onto my save and beat a visionary on my file. <laughs> oh my yeah, I accidentally beat a visionary then <laughs> beaten. And I didn't even realize because I had gotten to the same point. Uh, Alright, uh, as for me, yeah, this one's kind of tough. Again, <laughs> playing any of these games. But I think I'd have to go with either uh, Giancarlo Esposito or Maggie Robertson just because I think they're either Giancarlo is probably the most high profile of these people and Maggie Robertson, her character was the most high profile as the character itself. So I feel like that's yeah. carried on far enough where they have a good chance, but this one was hard cause I just didn't play any of these games. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Far Cry story just got so slammed that I don't know if I can see one of that main actors winning it, but he is the biggest name by far. On yeah. this list, I could, yeah, I could see him winning on notoriety alone easily, yeah. but we'll have to see. Moving on, best multiplayer we got Back for Blood, Knockout City, <laughs> it takes two's back, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim are all in there. Of all of the categories to put it in, best be multiplayer, yeah. it makes sense. That is its its calling card. That's what everyone knows it for. But Zach, your pick for best multiplayer. Gotta be Monster Hunter Rise, the game by far I've put the most time into out of all of these nominations. Um, a little bit of Back for Blood, which was fine. Pretty standard multiplayer that, nothing special. It Takes Two did have a lot of multiplayer mini-games and co-op stuff that really set it apart, but it was, a bit, it was dry. It was the best part of the game, but it was still kind of dry after a while. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is a game I played entirely multiplayer for the most part with Logan. Um, I think it's a great M Monster Hunter's uh, multiplayer series. That's what it's based around. I think it's a lot more uh, accessible than it was in World, especially with the story quests, seeing cutscenes at the same time, as opposed to having to watch cutscenes and then hop in. But remember, we had to do the entire single-player campaign separately. We did have to do the single-player campaign separately, but it was a pittance compared to all the multiplayer stuff that we did yeah um so give it to monster hunter rise because i want to see it win something logan i want rise to win but it takes two will win that was my exact same <laughs> prediction <laughs> yeah i'd like monster hunter rise to win but everyone loves it takes two and if it's gonna win any award it's gonna win this one if it wins game of the year i i will lose it if it wins game of the year <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. will not know what to do with myself <laughs> be thinking like what in the world did i miss yeah. how is this game of the year i think zach I and i need to finish it before the actual game wars we gotta plow um, through were we close no i don't think we were i think i stopped around a similar we're at a very a similar bit. point yeah absolutely there, there's a moment that yeah really hard to doesn't hard really to make you want to keep yeah. going <laughs> Anyways, next, next category, uh, best ongoing game, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy, 14, Genshin Impact, and Fortnite, Logan. Final Fantasy 14 is going to win. It had a new expansion come out, and people talk about it all the time. 
Zach. Uh, yeah, I would personally give it to Genshin Impact. I've put a lot of hours into Genshin Impact over the, the last couple months. Um, I think it's actually a very solid game. I've also, Logan and I recently tried out Final Fantasy XIV. I think it's the most popular by far, and it is coming off the release of Endwalker, the new expansion, which I just came out or is about to come out. So that is fresh in people's minds, so I think it's got to be one of those two. Well, eh, Fortnite, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen for that one. Moving on to the next one, Best Art Direction. We got Deathloop, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and The Artful Escape, a newcomer entering one of these lists. Logan, best art direction? What do you uh, in that category? I think I have Ratchet & Clank winning. Game's absolutely gorgeous, and it's popular. I feel like it's not usually the most unique art direction that wins. It's just like the prettiest game. <laughs> the one that was the most crisp and nice. Yeah, yeah. so I think Ratchet & Clank will win. Zach? Yeah, I... I'd give it to Deathloop. I, I think the style is one of the stronger points of Deathloop. Uh, the retro aesthetic with the bit of futurism and all that stuff. I just love it. I love it a lot. It really really stands out to me, so I, I would give it to Deathloop. Uh, yeah, I was going Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Looks good, even, even if mm -hmm. it's not the most uh, uh, unique game out there. From what I've seen, the game looks really nice, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best score in music. Cyberpunk 2077 oh, is no. on is, is on these lists. It's it's here twice. We got we got two two awards that it's up for. Uh other games in the category. We got Deathloop, Near Replicant, Guardians of the Galaxy, and The Artful Escape. Zach, your pick for best score in music. Don't say Cyberpunk. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard a single track from Cyberpunk. I guess I've got to go with Deathloop because I listened to the soundtrack to Deathloop. And I like it. There's an actual singer in the game who's one of the uh, one of the visionaries, and he has some actual tracks where he's singing. And then there's some actual, actual pretty good songs in that game. So I'd give it to to Deathloop. Logan, uh, I give it to Deathloop. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy feels like cheating because it's just like. 80s hits <laughs> that's so it's just yeah. who makes the best spotify playlist yeah. they license music for the game yeah uh-huh yeah oh, i didn't know that's, that that's a big part of guardians of the galaxy so right it's like it's, yeah it's that thing you know yeah yeah so it's no it's music. it's star lord has a has a mixtape just like he does in okay. movies and comics and it has a bunch of 80s hits so i i'm not gonna pick that because that just feels like cheating Deathloop has has some pretty cool music uh i was gonna go with near replicant i I haven't heard music from any of these games. I knew Guardians of the Galaxy had a good soundtrack, but whether that counted for best score of music, I don't know. Uh, but Nier Automata had a lot of good tracks, and people really liked the soundtrack for that game, so I assume that Nier Replicant is also um, in that ilk as well. So I could see Nier Replicant. Nier Automata had a fantastic soundtrack. So had a very good soundtrack. If Replicant is anything similar. Best audio design. Deathloop, okay. Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Logan? Forza. Best audio design. The cars yeah? sound cool. And that's, okay. that, that's, that's <laughs> I all I got for you. I didn't know how to, how, to, how to grade this. Also, I haven't played any of these. So <laughs> <laughs> Zach? I'll go with Forza as well, since we haven't seen it yet. Um, the cars do sound very realistic with the, the revving, the drifting 
I'm s I don't really know. Sound design is another category where I'm like, all right, <laughs> this isn't really something I pay crazy close attention to, but I can appreciate from a distance. And I think Forza did a very good job. Um, actually, that being said, sorry, was Deathloop in this? Yes. Of course it is. It's in everything. But one thing that I literally just remembered was that when I was playing Deathloop at Logan's, I kicked a piece of wood and it made a wood noise. And then I kicked a piece of stone and it made a stone noise. I was like really impressed by that. I was like, Logan, listen to this. I'm kicking different materials and it's making different sounds. Well, I think that counts as... Uh, that, counts <laughs> that is as audio design. design. <laughs> I'm going to go with Deathloop. Logan, were you blown away by that? No, I was more blown away by the different engines in Forza. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Not as cool. I'll, I'll throw Returnal out there. And, you know, it, <laughs> no, it's cool. Get an it, award somewhere. It's creepy. People like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Throw Returnal out there for best audio design. Innovation and accessibility. This one is, is especially hard if you haven't played any of them and you don't see any of the accessibility options. But we got Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon 5, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil Shadow of the Crown. I don't know what that is. Zach, you have a pick for innovation and accessibility. <sighs> oh. Most I ever delve into accessibility is subtitles. I just go into accessibility, turn them on, and then back out. Uh, I'm not really sure which one of these games stands out the most in accessibility. I'm sure they all make strides. I'll probably go with Forza Horizon 5 because it's just a guess. Forza, it's these... Forza. Oh, wait, Forza, Forza did have the, what, for uh, hearing impaired? Yeah, it's getting in... ASL interpreter, so you can yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. So cool. I forgot about. And it that. has a ton yeah. of it has a ton of accessibility options. If you go to the menu, like you you can just totally attune the difficulty and the controls. It's yeah. it's huge. So I think that's I the pick. I remember seeing that, and I think that's why that was my that was my main pick. Yeah, Forza probably win that. Forza got snubbed from Game of the Year nomination. I'm just gonna say it. It got snubbed yeah. from Game of the Year. Came out a little too late. It's nominated in all these other things, though. So it's just it not in Game of the Year. so much better. Yeah, replace it so takes two with Forza, because it should be there. <laughs> uh, games for Impact. Uh, Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, uh, Chicory. Yeah. A Colorful Tale. Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Zach? Again, Life is Strange being the one I played. I thought it was pretty impactful because it's narrative-driven and emotional, as is the Life is Strange tradition, so go with that. I went with Chicory. I see people lose their minds for that game on Twitter. I have not played it, but people get really attached to that game and, and, and really like it. I'm surprised Boyfriend Dungeon's here, because I heard that game was actually really problematic in a lot of ways, and people mm -hmm. didn't really like it, so I was surprised to see that here. I went with Life is Strange Two Colors just for... Nice. The notoriety, but I've heard it's also good. You guys seem to like it a decent amount, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Best independent game, Death's Door, Kena Bridge of Spirits. Weird to think that Kena is an independent game, but I guess, I guess it technically is. Yeah. Uh, Inscription, Loop Hero, and 12 Minutes. Logan? Death's Door. It was the talk of the town for a long time. I thought it was going to maybe get a Game of the Year nomination, but it's just the one I heard the most about this year. Zach? I would say, I've not played any of these, but my guess would be Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I think that's the one I've heard most about this year, and I remember Logan talking it up near its release. And I, I didn't play it. it. I haven't played it. <laughs> that makes it deserving. So I'll go with that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I went with uh, with Death's Door. I remember hearing a lot about it, and people seem to really like it, so I can see that one very much winning Best Independent Game. Oh, our favorite category is up next. Best Mobile Game. Go. Although one of these I've heard is very good. Uh, Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. I'm just going to come out and say for my pick, Fantasian. I've heard it's really good. What is that? Never heard of it. That's the... Um, is it the Square Enix the, game? The Square Enix one, Oh, yeah. okay. I'm switching it my pick like to that. It looks like I'm switching yeah. my pick to that. I had well, Genshin. The, um, that's the on one Fantasia. in real... Uh, is that the one in real sets? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. That's my pick. I'm switching my pick to that. Zach's yes, going to pick Genshin Fantasia. Impact. Yeah. We'll go on with iOS Fantasia. and Apple Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I hope that one wins because I've heard that's very good. And at this point, they just need to bring it over to other platforms. Yeah. I, I think that it would do really well coming to other places besides Apple Arcade. Best community support. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Zach, any thoughts on community support? You on this one, I'll... Part of the community for any of these games? <laughs> well, I am outside of every gaming community looking in for the most part. Um, although I have seen a lot of dedicated fans in the uh, Final Fantasy XIV side of the internet, and I know that they take great care and great love in the creation of the game that the creator cried when he had to delay the, the expansion for a week on a live stream, so that seems pretty supportive for the community, so I'll go with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, that's what I picked too. I picked it as well. Nice. People seem to, to really get behind that and... Uh and really take to their characters, and it just seems like the community is, is really all about it as well, which is good. Logan did not. No. <laughs> Neither <laughs> did you. I did. I love it. You <laughs> play it forever. <laughs> Best debut indie game, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Sable, Sable, The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, and Valheim. Logan? I went with The Forgotten City, which is that Skyrim mod turned into its own game. Uh, people love that story. It's on Game Pass, and... Yeah, I feel like it's it's just stuck around where I feel like Kana came and went. Zach? I remember being interested in Sable um, when I first saw it get announced. I forgot about it until just now, so I'll go with Sable. Nice. <laughs> all right. And I went with Kena. I, out of all these, I think it was the highest profile, even if it, it didn't make a ton of impact. I think people... Games for impact? Probably. <laughs> it was uh, the most notable one that people would see on there. At least for a lot of people. Uh, best AR or VR game? Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, The Spy and the Liar. That's a long name. Long Echo 2, RE4 VR, and Sniper Elite VR. Logan, you've been cracking out your VR at all? No, I didn't get the adapter. <laughs> it never oh my, showed up. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot you were waiting for that. It, you never, still didn't... it never came. So it's not ever showing up. No. Uh, yeah, uh, I just want to say shout out to Hitman 3 for this being the only place it got nominated. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gave it to... I didn't know what to give it to. I just said Resident Evil for no reason. I said Hitman 3 for no reason. Zach, what did you say for no reason? <laughs> we'll say Sniper Elite VR for no reason. <laughs> All right. Okay, nice. Are we almost to the big categories? I think we are. I think we're getting yeah, there. Yeah, we're going to skip content creator of the year because I don't know oh. any of these people. Yep. I'll go They're with, not any uh, of the content creators I watch. I'll go with Ebuy. Never heard of him. I'll go with the, the, the Grefg. Oh, yeah, Grefka. I love that, that man. Anyways, uh, best action game. Now we're getting into 
some of the bigger categories. You got Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Zach will throw it to you. Best action game. What is your pick? Uh, my pick for this has got to be Deathloop. It's pretty action oriented. It's go go through this time loop, killing as many people as possible. So that's pretty action heavy. And I've it's not most been, but... action game. Best action game. <laughs> Far Cry Six. <laughs> <laughs> Best one. Best one. Logan. Deathloop. It's gonna win. Yeah, I went with Deathloop as well. Out of all of these games, Deathloop would. Probably easily win that one. Yeah. Best action adventure game: Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Finally, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts Two. Logan, you gonna go with Metroid? Metroid Dread. Dread. I actually think it's gonna win it, and I want it too. Zach, I'm gonna go with Psychonauts Two because I haven't said it for anything, and I think people really liked it. I heard it was good. It was very good. Uh, I went with Metroid Dread as well. It's reviewing really well. People like it a lot. And, and it's, it's recent. Not, and it's not up for too too much else, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's deserving for best action slash adventure game. Role-playing game. Cyberpunk is back. Best role-playing game of the year. Could be Cyberpunk 2077. We got Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise. Zach, best role-playing game of the year. I don't heard of, i've wanted to play pretty much the majority of these at some point in my life uh cyberpunk absolutely not monster rise <laughs> i actually played and then the other three i have had semi interest in playing tales of arise being the most i think i'll how has shin megami tensei 5 been doing i haven't it's been really doing like well it. yeah people like it a lot it's really I, new though recency bias i'll give it to <laughs> shin megami tensei 5 okay as long as it's not cyberpunk Logan? I think exactly. Monster Hunter. I feel like at the halfway point of the year, Monster Hunter was like a front runner on a lot of people's game of the year list. I think I'll win this one. I went with uh, Tales of Arise. People really that game like looks that good. game a lot. Yeah, yeah. I want to play it at some point. Me too. Waiting for, games. for PS5 to play it at some point. But I think Tales of Arise could win that. Most anticipated game. Elden Ring. God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Whatever that final name turns out to be. Breath of the Wild 2 and starfield logan i think elden ring will win this i think because we it's the only one well i guess we have a date for horizon but i think the other four have more hype and elden ring's the only one we have a date for and people just played that demo of it so i think it's more more front of mind right now zach I'm inclined to agree with logan on the elden ring front but i think for the wild sequel everyone's been down for that pretty up there too i think yeah. i think elden ring the fact that it did just get its like gameplay preview and everyone a lot of people got a chance to play yeah. it and really get into it i think is why it would win most anticipated if that wasn't there i think maybe some of these other games that have a shot but but from that i think it has become the most anticipated game i think zelda would yeah, win elden ring. if elden ring wasn't there and then yeah, i would say god of so. war and then starfield and then horizon that's how i'd order yeah. them pretty good list Best fighting game, we got Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type, Lumina, Nickelodeon, All-Star no. Brawl making an appearance, and Virtua <laughs> Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. I'll go to Zach first since he is the resident fighting game fan here. What is your pick for best fighting game of the year? I played Virtua Fighter Five. I think it was a pretty solid remake, but bereft of really any 
deep content. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl I wanted to try out, but did not get the chance. Uh, it's also pretty bare bones, um, but structurally very sound. I don't think people like Demon Slayer very much, but that is recency bias since it's the most recent release. I have never heard of Melty Blood type Lumina. And then my actual pick is Guilty Gear Strive, which I think a lot of people really loved. That's my pick too. It made a pretty big splash, I feel like, in the competitive scene this year. Um, so I, that's what I picked. It was it was massive. Yeah, I went with uh, Guilty Gear Strive as well. I did not go with All Star Brawl. <laughs> I did not. Nice. Great to see that game show up somehow. Oh, yeah. Guess there was just nothing else to take that spot. Best family game. No, oh no. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So we got Mario Party Superstars, new Pokemon Snap. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, WarioWare Get It Together, and the one non-Nintendo game making an appearance, It Takes Two. <laughs> no! So before we get into our actual picks, um, I would not want to play It Takes Two with my family. <laughs> I mean, beyond the fact that the game is not, not that great. Yeah. There, it's not for our families. There is a scarring moment. I am 25 years old. And I was scarred by that. I would not want to show a kid and play play that game with a kid. There, if you've played the game, you know the moment. It's rough. I I can't believe that this is on best family game. Yeah, the description of the category is for the best game appropriate for family play. Oh. That game is not appropriate you did for not family get very play. Very far in that game, if that's what. Yeah, what well, you got the two divorcing parents. And- <laughs> scarring yeah, moments the emotionally of damaged child yeah yeah anyways uh yeah it takes two uh, of, of the of the categories that it shouldn't win best That's narrative best family game are probably my top two along with game of, game the, of the year, year. Game besides of the game of the year game. pick yeah. Yeah. best family game and narrative are the top two i'm like it better not win <laughs> of all the other ones whatever yeah these two anyways yeah. your actual pick logan for best family game uh, i went with uh, mario 3d world plus bowser's fury i think that mario party superstars i really love but that game can be frustrating for kids yeah, like i just think about like kids great playing with their parents adults. getting stomped yeah for, it can be frustrating for everyone i do love it it is a great family game it'd be my number my number two but 3d world has just such an easy system to like if you die you come back right away. Bowser's Fury has that two-player mode where your kid could play as as Bowser Jr. and just goof around and, and really have no consequence. So that's a really good <laughs> yeah. kid mode. It has the invincibility uh, leaf if you die enough times, so your kid could just be invincible and just fly through the level. So not only is it by far the best game on this list, because it's incredible, and the other games here are good, except for it takes two, but I think it also has the most that a young kid can really get into. And new Pokemon Snap is single player. WarioWare is only two players, except for the really limited four player stuff. So I, I think and Mario different. 3D World's the pick. Mario is a little more on the difficult side if you're thinking about playing with younger people. Yeah. Um, so I would have to agree that with the inclusion of the younger player accessibility with the character options and just the general being an amazing game, Super Mario 3D World's the clear pick here. Yeah, I went with that as well. I love that Not game. It takes two. It's like the best game that came out this year, 3D World. Very good. <laughs> really enjoyed two. Bowser's Fury a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, was, it was so really good. great. One of my best uh, gaming experiences of the year. Yeah, and playing that with you guys was, was a lot of fun with the online play I had, too. 
Yeah, with my drifty Joy-Con. <laughs> I got my Pro Controller. Yeah. yeah. Dying. Yep. All right, let's keep moving. We've got a couple more left. Just two more categories before we get to uh, the actual game of the year. Best Sim or Strategy Game, Age of Empires. Four, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Well, it does exactly. not fit with these games. It's just sim strategy. <laughs> this is such a weird combo. Like, it doesn't, they don't make sense together. <laughs> I went with Inscription. That's the hot stuff right now. It's like a card-based battle game, and people are, like, losing their minds over it. Exactly. I have not heard of Inscription, so I didn't know Neither that it was I. super popular <laughs> at the moment. Um, Flight Simulator, be, Simulator being the only one that, of these that I have played. Uh, not a lot of, but I do hear plenty of good things about the Age of Empires series, so I'll go with Age of Empires 4. I went with uh, Flight Simulator. People yeah. really like that game a lot, and now it's coming to more platforms. Coming yeah. to, it's, been, you know, it's on Xbox now, so yeah, more people can play it, and I think people like it a lot. All right, last category before we get to Game of the Year. Best sports or racing game. I think this one's probably pretty obvious, although there's some other good ones in here. Uh, F1 2021, FIFA 2022, Hot Wheels Unleashed, which I've heard is pretty good. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 and Riders Republic, another one I've heard is really good. I'm going with Forza Horizon It's 5. Forza. <laughs> it's <Yep>. pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's too much of so a contest good. there, even if a couple of the other games are pretty solid. I think Horizon 5 would blow them out of the water. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our actual pick for full game of the year. Here are the list of nominees. We've got Deathloop. It Takes Two is back. I can't believe trying it. Trying to win game of the year. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank A Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Dude, Forza was snubbed. And for how many nominations it got, I'm surprised Returnal's not here. Yeah. Like, replace It Takes Two and Resident Evil with those two games. And I think that's more accurate. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I'd, just I'd agree you. with that. Everyone loves it takes two. You're the one <laughs> it, it's true. Everybody does. Although it was nice. I was I was on Twitter seeing some of the discourse of it, and it was nice to know that there were other people that were also really mentally scarred by some of those scenes and didn't really <laughs> like some of it. I was like, yeah. thank God. I was like, I thought I was like talking to a wall besides talking to you guys. <laughs> Seemed like everybody else loved it. Yeah. Anyways, Logan, what is your pick for game of the year for 2021 dude it's gonna be like 2019 where there was also not a clear winner because i feel like i started watching the game awards in 2017 and breath of the wild was the obvious winner it won 2018 god of war won everything 2020 last of us won everything but 2019 there was no clear winner control and death stranding cleaned up and then out of nowhere, Sekiro won Game of the Year. Just randomly. So, yeah. So I think that's going to happen again. I think you're going to see Deathloop clean up on awards, but then you're going to see Metroid Dread win Game of the Year. That's my actual call. And it would be awesome because I love that game. And if it, it, it takes two, I'm retiring from the podcast. Wow. Wow. You know, All right. A lot of pressure. Oh, God. Hey, you know how many people it takes to make a podcast? Two. It takes two. Oh. Rename the podcast after I quit. <laughs> it, it takes two. The podcast. It takes only two. Yeah, but Metroid, it would be great to see that win. Uh, I loved that game this year. Just a return of one of gaming's oldest series. And Deathloop, I think people soured on a little bit rather quickly because of its ending that I've heard is bad. It takes two. I don't want to win. Psychonauts and Ratchet and Clank. I don't see there being enough support behind like a lighthearted platformer to win game of the year. 
And Resident Evil Village, I, I, I'm just surprised that's even here as a nominee. So I, for game of the year. Yeah. yeah. So I think Metroid could actually win. That's not just because I want it to. That's my actual call. Yeah. Zach? It does seem like Resident Evil did fly under the radar for a while there. It, it had so much hype coming up to release and then after release People there was People seem to like nothing. it though. I mean, yeah. 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 Generally. I don't know if it's like game of the year I it's game of the material, year. but yeah. you know. Rash and Blink is a contender. Uh, Psychonauts, I think, had a lot of popularity, but not enough. Metroid Dread I haven't played, but from what Logan says, it's a fantastic game. It takes two. Uh, if it wins, Logan's leaving the podcast. <laughs> I'm gone. <And> God. <laughs> and oh, no. Then Death That show's going to be stressful to watch. <laughs> I know. There's a lot right. He just raised the stakes. Yep. Which is, this is life's motto recently. But... I didn't know Deathloop had some discourse about the ending. Um, I've been avoiding spoilers like the plague, so I don't really know anything about the story other than the the four hours that I've played. So if people have been souring on it, then that definitely does knock it down a peg for this game of the year. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with Ratchet and Clank. I think Ratchet and Clank will be the surprise pick. I think everyone really enjoyed that game. It's the first big PlayStation Five exclusive. Returnal doesn't yeah, for count, me, uh, Or Demon's Souls. <laughs> Sorry. I think I'll go with, with Deathloop. On I think this is list. The, <laughs> Deathloop, I think, is the easiest pick for that. So I think there's a good chance that it could win. But I would like to see Metroid Dread win. I think that'd be... Oh, yeah. That'd be a nice Ooh, pick. Yeah. And, yeah, it takes two. Please don't win. <laughs> <laughs> Just add, I will be happy for, for several with reasons. five of the six. I, I, will, I will walk away... Fine if any five of these six win, but if it takes two wins and a way out, I don't even know if it got nominated for anything. I, I'll just be. Done. I think it got nominated for something. I remember, but I don't think it. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, won anything? I don't remember. I'm just, yeah. I'm just sitting here wondering how in the world it got nominated for best narrative and best family. Game. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Really, a shallow understanding of what that game entailed. So what's really weird to me is that I follow a lot of people on Twitter that have direct influence over these nominees, writers and editors at these websites. And so many people were like, Forza better be there as a game of the year nominee. And these are the people making the decision. So I don't get how it's not here because like it was overwhelmingly like the people who helped contribute to these nominees were like, Forza was snubbed. Like then shouldn't it be there? If everyone who had a say feels like Forza should be there. I just, I'd like to have, have an inside look yeah. at the actual selection process. Yeah. Anyways, we'll have to wait and see a couple more weeks to, to find out if this is just going to be a two-man show. It's uh, <laughs> all it takes. Pour it into the new year. <laughs> Anyways, we've been going on long. Zach, I'll throw it to you for a quick what we've been playing. Probably don't want to, to, oh, to yeah. be on that for too long. But it seems we, like you guys have been playing so some distracted. stuff. I have been playing a lot, actually, so we'll move right into what we've been playing this week. I will go first, since I have been playing a lot. Uh, I don't have it up, but I'll just remember what I played. Or Horizon um, 5, Halo 2, Apollo Justice, Deathloop. Spoilers. You gotta go slower, you gotta go slower <laughs> than <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I'll, start with Deathloop. I'll start with Deathloop, since we did talk about it a bit. Um, I was over at Logan's he, uh, over the holidays. He was working. I was not. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to try some Deathloop. Um, a guy, I loved every second of it as much as I thought I would. I think it's a great game so far. Um, I killed a handful of visionaries. Uh, got a 
I really got into the flow of the game out of all the tutorial stuff and into the, the decision-making aspects of it. And then I got distracted and then hopped into Logan's save file for a little bit and then killed one of his visionaries <laughs> without ever realizing. Nice. And I was like, I unlocked this power, but it's gone. Where is this power? And then I was, and Logan was like, hey, can you check whose profile you're on real quick? Yeah, it was rough. I was like, that, it, that attests that we were around the same place, but I had gotten a power that he hadn't gotten yet, but he was yeah. further down the visionaries than I was. So I don't even know how that happened because I felt like I was following story exactly how it was laid out for me so i have no idea at what point we diverged oh apparently there's some intricate uh decisions that need to be made in that game which i think is pretty cool then yesterday i sat down and i finished the final case in ace attorney apollo justice um which i loved um i think that the cast of characters in that game was very solid i like apollo a lot as a defense attorney and uh, the detective prosecutor uh, assistant, all great characters. Those games are very story heavy, even though it's like a 14 year old game, I won't spoil anything, uh, but I'm excited to move forward in the series. Um, beat Halo 2 Legendary with my hey, friend. Nice. nice. Um, it was, it was a challenge. <laughs> the final level was by far the hardest. We considered just giving up. <laughs> we did not give up. Um, we made it, the final boss sucked. Uh, uh, the brute chieftain, um, just oh, that fight that fight is difficult normally but it's just frustrating um, and unfun <laughs> on legendary it's not even fun like playing the game was mostly a good time but there were just moments where it was soul crushing um, which is very similar to which my experience you seem experience. to be into with these games yeah exactly that's what you go in there for that's like you gotta feel that piece of your soul die to know that you're truly alive so <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Knock um, that up to another achievement on my list of difficult games beat. Then, what was the other thing on my list? Forza. Horizon, Horizon Five. I don't. I don't believe I talked about this on the last nope. show. I think I, I had not installed it yet. I started playing it shortly after uh, with Logan. We've been doing multiplayer, much exclusively. Um, I love it. I think it's incredible. I see myself putting a lot more time into five than I did into four because four, I was just getting a feel for the series before five came out since it was right on the horizon. Hey, buddy. Nice. No, thank you. Um, there's a lot to this game. Uh, our maps are already unbelievably crowded with icons of races and stuff to do. It's, uh, it's extremely overwhelming. Um, I already feel like I have, uh, best cars in the game. I don't know how cars could get much better. Uh, they just gave us a car for free for the Xbox 20th anniversary that's, like, amazing. It's incredible. Yes. A spider <laughs> yeah. Porsche. It's just unstoppable. Um, but we don't know if you can use it in races. We haven't been able to use it in yeah. races. It's very abstract what cars you can use in which races. Um, and that's one of the, the downsides that we found so far is that we can't use our favorite cars in a lot of races. Um and the multiplayer was glitchy at first, but that was right after launch. So yeah, the hotfix is out. It's fixed already. Yeah, okay, so. that's good. Multiplayer is awesome. It's it's yeah. super yeah, fun. It's we hop into a convoy. We cruise around together. Uh, the leader of the convoy picks what race you do. They pick any car they want. So you can pick one person can pick anything they want, even something that's not suited for the race. But then the second person has to pick a car that matches that exact category. So if you pick like an S rank sports car, 
your your friend can only pick an S rank sports car. They can't pick like an S rank dirt car. They can only pick from that specific category. But what's nice is that if you don't have anything that fits the category, you can rent the convoy leader's car. So you guys just drive the same car uh, for that race. So that's nice that you can still participate in all the same events, even if you don't have a car that fits the bill. So that's super cool. But yeah, it's just fun to cruise around. We were doing a bunch of like the, the trick jumps and, and the like you have to fly like a thousand meters in the air before you hit the ground. Uh, and doing that together is super fun. Just launching off the ramp at the same time. Now, multiplayer is a really good time, and I've been playing a little single player too, just cruising around, earning skill points, not even doing any races or objectives, just driving around the world because driving feels super good and getting rewarded with skill points is, they're really easy to get, and it's just, it's just a great time. I think, a, I think the pace of leveling up and getting accolade points is a lot more steady so far than it was before. I feel like 4 was exponential to where it took a little and then it immediately took a lot. Uh, I think this one's been a lot more uh, bit by bit. Um, I like yeah. the, the ability to choose. the And the like you talked about on the last show, there's more stuff to do than just racing. The the main, I don't know how to describe them other than main quests, yeah. are to go to areas and do little challenges and explore all these like ruins and volcanoes and stuff like that and i think that's super cool that it branches out in that aspect and yeah it's all multiplayer friendly we're doing it all together so yeah every mission no, you just no pick co-op and jump yeah. in that's nice yeah it's awesome it it's going to be in my top five on the odys this year i can tell you that it is yeah, super sure. good yeah the only thing that's weird is that there really is no progression because we just have incredible cars already and there's like i don't feel like i'm yeah, i feel like i'm just off. like just living in this world having a great time just checking off all the things on the map. I'm not like, I need to work up to get this car because I already have everything I could ever need, which is good. I, it's fun that they just gave you all that stuff at the start. Instead of playground to, to drive around in. Yeah, playground yeah. games. And there's still still a bunch of cars that I want that I don't have. Oh yeah, for sure. I just feel like I have yeah. really good cars. I'm about to enter the auction market where I'm going to try and flip cars. I'm going to try and buy them cheap and sell them high to other players, like to actual other people. Player. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's going to be fun to try out. All right. <laughs> Logan, you've been playing anything else? Go through it pretty quick. Yeah. Halo already talked about. Sonic Generations, still my favorite Sonic game. Been playing more Mario Party. Zach had a devastating loss to the computer when he was here. Uh, I have yet to win at Mario yeah. Party Superstars, but I, <laughs> uh, that was the closest I got. And then more F-Zero on my CRT. I'm, I'm in a racing game mood, F-Zero Forza. Hot Wheels Unleashed, which I played and never remembered to talk about. Hot Wheels Unleashed. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kev? Nice. Uh, more Stardew, of course. Played more of the uh, the end game content. It it's crazy. It's so good. Like it is uh, an entirely new area with a, you know entirely new things to do, new characters, new enemies, new new gameplay functions. Like it's. It's absolute insanity that update came out like four some years after the game came out after several sizable updates, including multiplayer. I'm trying yeah. not to spoil too much for people who still haven't played it because it's been nice to to go through it without knowing very much of what was going to be in there and to kind of discover things on your own, which I think is part of the fun of some of this new content. But it, it, it's been blowing me away with, uh, with how good it is. And with some of the other non-endgame content that was also introduced in the update... 
like this game is is so well-rounded everything about awesome. it is is so solid uh yeah it's great i've been on a stardew kick <laughs> uh and then i played mario party 6 on Ooh. gamecube it was the first time i played wow. a gamecube mario party uh with the night and day mechanic i love six six is awesome because uh, i have a japanese gamecube and gamecube games here are so much cheaper to get like i bought almost all of the mario party games for under like 10 bucks or less god they're like 100 each are, in english are in box with the microphone i have the the gamecube microphone nice. with two of them so nice. i've been planning to to get together with uh with some more friends and and play some more mario kart i picked up double dash as well so we can have a awesome. have a night of playing mario party and mario kart but yeah it was fun never played those games but the mini games are a bunch of fun it's nice to go play some of these like bigger boards with more stuff going on and whatnot yeah, yeah. it was a good time and i'm looking forward to, to trying out some of the other ones beyond uh beyond six six and seven are the GameCube best ones. on gamecube yeah yeah they're both really really good guy of seven yeah five has yeah, amazing mini time. games but weak boards and four mm -hmm. is just bleh four is meh there's my review <laughs> yeah all right great review all right Final thoughts before we wrap it up. We've been going on a long time. Pokemon next week. Yeah. Heard it's pretty decent. <laughs> okay, oh, did you not play um more any more Great Ace Attorney? Uh not too much this week. Okay. I gotta get back on that. But yeah, yeah. Pokemon is gonna be coming out, so I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna have to get, get back to Great Ace Attorney and try and fit it in by the end of the year. Yeah. Good God. It's so much. Yeah, I've there. heard that Pokemon is like what you'd expect from modern Pokemon remake go yeah so but you know it's it's my region yeah it's it's my most nostalgic region i have to go in and 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 form my own opinions and then have that one last chance you know yep gotta gotta give them the one to yeah have my own thoughts zach any final thoughts from you i've pre-ordered pokemon shining pearl i'll be picking it up on friday yeah i've got mine pre-ordered don't know when it's gonna get here because i bought it from the pokemon center here so yeah. see how long it takes to get it shipped here but uh, hopefully i'll have some thoughts on it by next week's show but that's going to do it for us on this week's episode we've been going on too long so we're going to wrap it up here we're here on thursdays or fridays on apple Podcasts, spotify any other podcast streaming services that you may use odegames.com has the audio version of the podcast as well our youtube page Ode to games has the video version of the podcast you can follow us on twitter at Ode to games you can send an email to odegamescast at gmail.com for logan and zach i'm kevin thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week